you've ever gotten bored with just writing all of your songs in major key or in a minor key, then modes are for you. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about modes. We're going to break down sort of at a high level all the different modes of the major keys, if you will. Uh, these are based off of the major scale, and that will give us seven modes to work with that will allow you to evolve past just writing everything in major or minor and gives you a lot of shades of gray rather than sort of the major happy and minor sad, which of course you can write songs that aren't just that simple within major and minor keys. But hey, isn't it even better to have modes where you have different shades, maybe darker than a minor key, but also things that are brighter than a major key and stuff in between as well. So let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Adala, and today we are talking about modes, finally. I feel like I've semi-previewed this for a long time, so we're finally talking about it. Just want to make sure that we did it right, because modes is a pretty huge subject to tackle. Um, so this is going to be the first podcast on modes. This is meant to be very much an overview. So if you don't know what modes are at all, or you still find modes confusing, hopefully this will start to give some clarity. There's some elements of modes that are inherently confusing because the distinction between keys, modes, and scales is like, there are distinctions, but it's not clear. There's sort of a Venn diagram, if you will, between the three where they're all kind of share similarities. And in some places they're kind of the same and in others they're not. So we're going to talk through that element first, and then we're going to talk about the main modes that are usually used, which are the modes of the major scale or major key. So that's what we're talking about, which of course is music theory. And if you are like, I don't even know what you mean by major scale and minor scale, and I don't know what those are, and if you tell me E major, I don't even know what that means. Um... Besides, maybe you know that, well, it's in the key of E would be another way of saying that, uh, that at least implies a C major. Um, <clears throat> so if you don't know what that is, then a great resource for you is to go pick up my free guide at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. It teaches the what I consider the four pillars of music theory that you absolutely must know as a songwriter. Um, and it's just infinitely helpful. And that's uh, intervals, which is sort of the basis of almost everything else important in music theory. So intervals in and of themselves are not incredibly important per se, except that they are the building blocks that literally, not literally everything, but a ton of other stuff in music theory is built off of, such as keys, which is another pillar, chords, and chord progressions. If you understand those four things really well, that will get you about 90% of the way towards what you really need to know to be really efficient at music writing specifically. Obviously, it's not going to help you with lyric writing. Um, but as far as the music writing side of things, um, it, it I remember having to write songs pre-understanding those four pillars of music theory, and it was brutal. Writing stuff where it sounds kind of off, couldn't figure out why, not really knowing what notes to, to play, all that sort of stuff. And then once you understand those things, if you understand those well and you're decently competent at your instrument, it really allows you to basically just improvise for hours and it sound generally good. 
right? And and you might say, well, what does improvisation have to do with anything? Well, improv is really the heart of songwriting, right? You sort of usually improvise for a bit until you find a nice little hook or a nice little chord progression or a cool little melody that you happen to accidentally improvise, right? That's a part of imp- improv is basically creative exploring, right? You're exploring with your instrument on the fly. And so that's really the heart of songwriting, right? Is, 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 you know, you're noodling on your guitar or you're playing around on the piano, doing some improv until you come up with something that's like, Oh, that was cool. And then you play it again and you're like, Oh yeah, that is cool. And then maybe you write it down or you record it. Uh, you should always record it when you come up with ideas and then sort of an evol- a song evolves from there. Right. But that's sort of a, where song seeds start. The heart of songwriting tends to be improvisation. And if you understand these four pillars, then improv is, again, assuming that you're competent at your instrument. Right. Because, of course, you do need that as well. Um, then it's it's simple. Right. Because then you understand when you you know sit at the piano. OK, let me Im- improvise within the key of E major, for instance, and then from there you understand, okay, my E major chord, first of all, I know what notes those are. It's E, G sharp, and B, and then also I know that's my one chord, but I also know that the five chord is a B major chord, and my sixth chord is a C sharp minor chord, and I also understand that in context of that key, what the role and general sound is of something called, say, a four chord, which in the context of the key of E major, (coughs) excuse me, would be an A major chord would be the four chord. So if right now you're like, what on earth are you talking about? This is super important and super helpful for improvising, which then is super important and helpful for efficiently songwriting and starting songs. Because of course, if your improv is all basically sounds good because you have some framework of what notes to play and what not to play, then in an hour of improving, almost an hour of it sounds good. Right. Which means almost an hour of it is possible material for a song. If you don't understand this stuff, then you're just hitting random notes and most of it's going to sound like garbage. So then after six minutes of most of it not sounding very good. You're going to finally have a minute of like, oh, that actually sounded decent. And now you're probably going to want to write a song off of that, even though it might not be that good, just because you finally found something that sounds decent. So I can't say enough how important I think it is to learn these four pillars. Anyway. Go check it out, songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. Also, it's important to know those things going into this talk uh, because some of this is not going to make total sense if you don't understand keys. Um, So at least understanding keys is sort of a prerequisite. If not, you can still listen. I think you'll still gain something from this. But full disclosure, get that music theory guide, read that, learn that, follow it. I believe I wrote a like how to learn from this guide, like how go through a certain section and then go through it again until you have certain things memorized and then go to the next section. I believe I gave one of those in that guide as well. Be sure to follow that. Don't just like read through one time and expect to know all the things, right? There's stuff that is helpful to memorize. Um, so be sure to do that. Let's talk modes. First of all, what are modes, <laughs> right? And a part of answering that question is to first sort of differentiate keys, modes, and scales because sometimes they're conflated and in some ways it's appropriate to conflate them in some scenarios and sometimes it's not. So let's try to sort of separate out what the three are. So scale, let's start with scale because scale is the most generic of the three. 
it's it's really a, a generic thing that just means a set of notes that goes in a specific order. That's really all a scale is. So a great example of how a scale would differ from a key or a mode, for instance, is the fact that there's a what we call a chromatic scale. The chromatic scale is just all 12 notes that you have in Western music. So, for example, a C chromatic scale would go C, C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, F sharp, G, G sharp, etc., all the way back to C, which are all the notes. Which, practically speaking, except in really experimental music, you would never write a song in the chromatic scale. Really, the purpose of chromatic scale is for exercises. Right? You might play a chromatic scale on your guitar as an exercise, but it's not really meant to be something that you would use in the context of a real song. And now we also say things like in, you know, I'm going to practice my major scales, right? Especially if you're a guitarist, you're going to use words like that. Or or a pianist, right? You say, I'm going to practice scales. A lot a lot of times as a pianist, we, we one of the first things we practice and the thing we practice every single day, or we're told to practice every single day, are scales. And same is true of guitarists. And I assume that's true of most other instrumentalists, but I just play piano and guitar, so I don't really know. I assume a bass guitarist for sure gets that. I don't really know about, you know, if you're a flautist or uh, somebody who plays trumpet or something. I assume you also do that. I, th- I think everybody does that. But, well, except things like drummers, right? <laughs> How would a drummer play a scale? Anyway, so it is also a thing that, like, you know, you'd say C major scale, for instance, right? And then you're playing C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. Because uh, there's no sharps or flats in the C major scale. So scale is sort of this generic huge category of anything where you start with a note and you end with a note and all the notes in between and it goes like in a certain order. Right? That's really what a scale is. And a key though, a key is really narrowing in on the tonic note specifically usually. And also if you think of sheet music, right? So when you when you read sheet music... Uh, the key signature, right? The key signature is that thing on the far left that has sharps or flats or has nothing if you're in the key of C, um, C major. That that tells you basically, you know, so for example, you might see just an F sharp there, right? You just see a sharp over the F. And that's telling you that it's in the key of G major because the key of G major just has one sharp and it's F sharp. So that key signature is telling you the key. And generally, when you say things like it's in the key of G major, it's generally assumed that the tonic is going to be the G, because you said it's in the key of G. And then even if somebody says something like key of G, it's usually also assumed that what they mean is key of G major, not minor. Um, should we do that? Probably not. That's that's. I think it makes it more confusing than it needs to be. Um, but... It's just assumed to be major unless said otherwise. And to be fair, most Western music is in the major key. Uh, I, I once looked into exactly how much, I think it's something like 80% of all music in the West is in um, a major key. So there's a good reason to assume that, but it's really not talking super precisely. All right. I know we're talking a lot of technicality stuff. Don't worry, we'll get a, a little lighter in a, in a bit. Although this is a music theory one, so... Buckle up. Um, so <clears throat> when somebody says something like key of C major, that 
is and overlaps with it's the same thing as C major scale. Really. So if somebody says, oh, I'm going to play within the C major scale or I'm going to play in the key of C major, they're really saying the same thing. The only slight distinction really here is if somebody says I'm going to play the C major scale, the implication is they are literally going to play in order C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, and then depending, they might then go down or they might just start at the bottom and go back up again. Because again, order matters in a scale. A scale is a, a linear progression of notes. But generally, they, those two kind of get conflated in that way. Which is why some people will say, oh, it's in the C scale, or it's in the C major. Really, they should probably say it's in C major, but alas. So, where it starts getting weird is technically if you have the key signature of C major, which means no sharps or flats. And in a sense, that means that the, the sheet music is communicating that's in the key of C major. Technically, you have all the notes for D Dorian which is a mode, by the way, and is not in, quote-unquote, C. It has all the C scale notes, all the C major scale notes, D Dorian, but the root note is different. So it's kind of in the key of D, but it has all the notes of the key of C major. Same with E Phrygian. E Phrygian is a mode of the C major scale or key but it's in E because E is the tonic note, and yet it actually has the notes of C major. So that's where modes versus scales starts to become a, a very, or sorry, modes versus keys starts to become a little uh, interesting. And this, in theory, will get clearer over time as we break down the, uh, we're going to talk about three basic ways to think of modes that should help to understand exactly what they are and sort of translate, um, you know, for example, if, if you're going from C major and then you know you need to go from C major to C Phrygian, understanding how to do that, but also understanding that, for example, E Phrygian shares the same notes as C major. So modes specifically give the note operating as the tonic, and they give all the intervals of the scale from that note. Because really what a mode is and what Anything in music that has a specific sound when we're talking about modes, scales, keys, really what it is is just the sequence of steps between notes. Sometimes things that wouldn't qualify as steps because sometimes it's a um, it's a major second, which a major second or I'm sorry, not a major second. I misspoke <laughs> a minor third um, in the case of a minor third interval between notes. That's 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 one whole step plus a half step. It's not a, a single type of step. But generally speaking with keys, it's you can you sort of are defining how they sound based on things like, for example, major key is whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. And if you don't know that, or if you are like, what are you talking about? Again, free guide. <laughs> Songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. Highly recommend getting that before finishing out this episode. There are certain things we just must know. We must all be on the same page. Those four pillars. So, in a way, modes are a more specific way to define a key. And the reason for that is technically the major key 
is the same as the Ionian mode. And the minor key, or natural minor key specifically, is the same as the Aeolian mode. But then there's five other modes. So whereas major and minor just gives you a dichotomy, right? One or the other, you, you just, there's two. Almost like light side and dark side, right? Good and evil. With the modes, you actually get seven shades. So it's not just good and evil or, you know, happy, sad. Instead, there are different shades in between. Because, again, two of them are the exact same as major key and minor key, specifically natural minor. <clears throat> so really, this gives us more shades to play with. And I said good versus evil for a reason here, because I think a helpful way to sort of think through keys when I and when I say keys, I mean like key of C major or minor, right? Because most of our lives as musicians, uh, especially if you're not, you know, if you're a, a musician that's been really deep into it and you're a classic, classically trained for many, many years and you also know your music theory really well or you're a great jazz musician or something, some of you are going to be like, I already know modes, in which case you're probably not listening anymore. But for your average musician, lots, a ton of our life is spent in the major key and minor key. And honestly, even classical, I mean, tons of, most of that music is also in just a major key and minor key. So the reason I give that good versus evil is perhaps a helpful way to think through this is modes give you more options that is more akin to real life versus major and minor sort of puts us in the realm of, say, a Star Wars or any other sort of good versus evil thing. Now, Star Wars does have shades of gray, uh, but when it comes to the main movies and the main characters... They tend, it tends to be fairly like Jedi good, Sith evil. Now, the movies do start to shade the lines, specifically in the in the prequels a little bit, uh, but it's still fundamentally good versus evil. Right? So you can be classified as good versus or evil to the point of this might be a silly way of thinking through it. But for example, if you know anything about Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or anything else that has a clear good versus evil, if you would make a chess set, right, and one of the sides is are the evil characters and the other side are the good characters or a Stratego set. I used to have Star Wars Stratego. Actually, I think I do still have it. Yeah, I still have it. Um, it's obvious what character is going to go and what, right? There's, because for the main character, there's good and evil. In the same way of major and minor, right? Happy, sad, which again, not all major songs are happy. Not all minor songs are sad. That is a very reductionist way of looking at it. But there is some truth to that. Um, so Star Wars and major versus minor and a lot of, you know, good versus evil superhero type stuff. For example, there's good, evil. It's a dichotomy. There's two things, right? There's just two. And you fit into one of the two categories. Real life, though, has more shades, right? You have people who are straight up saints, like my father-in-law. <laughs> who legitimately I have still never seen the man do anything wrong, which is straight up incredible because for frame of reference, I've known him for like seven years now and I've been married for four and a half. Uh, so, you know, I see him pretty often. It's not like I never see him. And for me to have never seen him do anyway, not about him. Point is, there are people who are just seem to do nothing wrong ever. 
And then there's all the way down to Hitler or Stalin or Castro. Right. Just evil, sheer evil. Um, and even between those, there's little shades, but you know what I'm saying, right? Most people that you and I know, right, are, are somewhere in the middle, right? And and most people are, right? Because we're all imperfect, um, but some people are a lot closer than others. But most people we know is probably somewhere in between. So there's a lot of shades, Right. You couldn't really take, you know, the people you grew up going to school with and put them in good and evil. Right. Now, maybe you might have split into groups and have different perspectives and therefore, you know, you could do that. But if you're being honest with yourself, you know that, you know, just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you're the bad guy. Right. Uh, for example, I, I, the, there's a song idea I've had floating around for a while that I haven't figured out how to write or haven't started writing yet. But it's this idea of like, uh, because it's easy for us to all kind of see ourselves as the protagonist of the story, right? But the reality is we're, we are not the protagonist of any story, right? We're, we're just another human. It's not about us, right? Um, but it's very easy to start to see us as like the hero of our story. And therefore, you know, there's people in our lives that are quote unquote the villains of our story. Uh, but what's interesting about that is there are a lot of people that we might not even think of that in their story were the villains, right? Um you know, for that for that for that one girl that broke your heart and wasn't exactly nice about it and or cheated on you or something. I don't know, something horrible. You know, she's a villain in the context of your life. But, you know, maybe three boyfriends later, she was great to that person, never had any problems. And now she's, you know, the the epitome of the good guy to, to that guy. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, there's that one girl that you honestly totally forgot about, but you kind of let her on and then you're kind of a, a jerk and you let it. So in her story, you're the villain, right? So, um, which kind of shows the shades of dark and, and light, which is what modes really gives us. There's more to it, but that's, I think, a helpful way to think through modes. So let's talk about the three basic ways to think through modes. Now that we've given sort of the backdrop that hopefully prepares you for like, okay, what are modes? Hopefully you kind of have an idea of what they are. They give us shades of gray, um, and they actually give us something brighter than the major scale and things that are darker than the minor scale as well, which we'll get into. So three basic ways to think of modes. The first way is the way that probably is the least helpful, um, or at least is the hardest initially. So I recommend using the other two first, um, but technically the intervals of the scale for each mode is one way to think of modes. So for example, I said earlier that every major key always has whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. Right? So no matter what key you're in or what note you're starting with, right? Whether it's G major, E major, or G flat major, or D major, it doesn't matter which major, the rule of you will always go from note to note. It will go whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. That remains the same. And that's why you can transpose a song, right? So let's say the song you're listening to is in the key of C major. You can put a capo on your guitar, for instance, and put it up two frets and then make it D major. And the song sounds fundamentally the same, right? Yeah, if you played them together, it'd be like, oh, whoa, one of them's in a different key. This sounds awful. But nobody says, like, nobody would even recognize, like, oh, oh, man, unless you have perfect pitch. 
Um, oh man, that's that's in a different key than the than the original one. Like who cares? It doesn't matter. D major, E major, C major. They, they all sound the same in the sense that they are mostly defined by their majorness, not the note they happen to start with. Because everything is relative in music. So, in the same way, <clears throat> all of the modes have different intervals. So, for example, the Phrygian mode could be defined by the fact that it goes half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step. So if you start with any note, just like with major key, you can start with any note, right? So let's take E, and then you can go whole step, which would go over F and to F sharp. Okay, next note in the E major scale, we now know is F sharp. You do another whole step, which takes you to G sharp. And then you do a half step, which takes you to A, right? So you can do that for any major key. That's a part of how you figure out any major key. Now, you should memorize all the major keys, um, but initially, that's a great way to figure it out. So just knowing whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. If you memorize that, you technically can figure out every note in any major key. Which again is taught in the free guide. So if you're confused, go get that. <laughs> um, again, though, make sure you actually memorize all the major keys because you can't, you can't just always be like, oh, E major and then have to think like, okay, a uh, whole step. Okay, so that takes me to an F sharp. Like you can't, you don't have time for that. So you got to memorize them. So another example, Aeolian mode is whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, which you may notice is the exact same as the natural minor scale because the Aeolian mode is the same as the natural minor scale. Yes, I did have to whisper that. I know you were wondering. So, Right there, so you're already getting insight, right? Like, okay, one of these modes is the same as the natural minor. And there's another mode, I already mentioned it, the Ionian. It's the same as the major key. <clears throat> so that's one way to think through modes, is just the steps between the notes are different. So as long as you know your starting note, right? So E Phrygian, your starting note is what? E. And now you know that in order to figure out all the notes in E Phrygian, you go whole, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step. And by the way, if just you should go get the free guide if you don't even know what whole steps and half steps are. But for what it's worth, half step is literally the smallest interval between notes. So if you're a guitarist going to the next fret, just the next fret, and whole step would be going two frets. It's two half steps. Or if you're a pianist, you know, go to the next note versus would be the half step versus two notes up would be a whole step. So, for example, C to D would be a whole step. C to D flat or C sharp would be a half step. Capiche? Cool. All right. So, the second way, and I think these two are more helpful, especially from a beginner level, and to sort of really internalizing what modes really are. What is the starting note of the scale off of the major key? So I know that's maybe a confusing way of putting it. But for example, Lydian means that it's off of the fourth scale degree of the major key. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you take a major key, because again, keep in mind, all of these modes are built off of the major key. The only difference really is what note you start on. So for example, 
the Dorian mode just means it's built off of the second scale degree. So if you take a major key, let's take C major, and you actually start on the D instead of the C, the second note, instead of the first note, and you make clear that the tonic, the home base, if you will, is D. So for example, an easy way to do this is on piano, if you're just playing a D note over and over in the bass, and then you improvise with your right hand, doing things, all the notes in the key of C major. But you're considering your bass note, you're considering your tonic note, your home bass note to be D instead of C. So it's built off of the second scale degree. And that's really all, all modes are, in a sense, is you take the major, the major scale, major key, and then you play the same notes in that key, but you just treat a different note as the tonic. So Dorian is built off of the second. Phrygian is built off of the third. Lydian built off of the fourth. Mixolydian off of the fifth. Aeolian, a.k.a. minor, built off of the sixth, which if you know about major and minor and major and relative minor, you know that, right? Because you know the relative minor of your key. So if you're in the key of C major, we'll keep it simple. You know your the relative minor is A, ma a minor, right? Which you'll notice A is the sixth scale degree of C. Right? C, D, E, F, G, A. Your sixth scale degree. So naturally, the Aeolian mode, which is the same as the natural minor, will be built off of the sixth scale degree. Because really, the minor key has the same notes as the major. It's just down a third or up a sixth, depending on perspective. Right? Because the A, the key of A minor has the same notes as the key of C major. The only difference is in the key of A minor, it's all built off of the idea that the tonic is the A. And in C major, it's all built off of the idea that it's that the that the tonic note, the home note, is the C. But the notes are the exact same, and yet they have a totally different sound. And that's what modes are. It's just there's more than two notes in a scale, right? There's seven notes in your major scale. So instead of just the two of your major and natural minor, we're building one off of all seven. And that's really sort of all modes are. So, so back to the example, Lydian means that you're off of the fourth scale degree of the major key. So for C major, the Lydian scale that uses the notes of C major would be F Lydian. So F Lydian would have the notes of C major, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F. So it's really just the C major notes. The only difference is you're treating F as the tonic. You're treating F as the main home note. Or Dorian is off of the second scale degree, as I mentioned before. So for C major, D Dorian shares the same notes as C major. So D Dorian would be D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. Same notes as C major. The only difference is the tonic note, right? You're treating D as the tonic. So that's one way to think of, no, of modes. The third way, and, and really final practical way to think of modes that may be the most helpful of all, is 
as adjustments from the major or minor keys to shade darker or brighter. So the first key here is, generally speaking, to make a scale feel brighter, you sharpen a note. You raise a note. Something raised tends to give a brighter sound. And then, generally, when you lower notes or flatten notes instead of sharpening notes, that tends to give it a somewhat darker sound. So in light of that, let's take Lydian, the brightest of all the modes. Why is it the brightest of all the modes? Well, because really, the Lydian mode is just the major key, but you sharp the four. So for example, we figured out already, because of the last thing that I talked about, that the notes of the C major scale are the same as the F Lydian scale, right? So what if we want to go from C major scale to C Lydian scale, right? We, we don't want to change what the tonic note is. We actually want to stay the, the tonic note at C, except instead of major, we want to go Lydian. Or instead of Ionian, which again is the mode term for major, we want to do Lydian. All we have to do is take the C major scale, keep C as the root note, and then we sharp the four. So the C major scale, right, goes C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. So if the Lydian scale, or sorry, the Lydian mode would be taking the major scale and just sharpening the fourth note, then a C Lydian scale, or C Lydian mode, would be C, D, E, F sharp, because that's our fourth, so we sharpen it, G, A, B, C. Let's take Phrygian. Phrygian can be seen as a minor key that also flattens the second. So the Lydian takes a major key and makes it even brighter, which is why very heavenly sounding music tends to use Lydian. But a Phrygian, the Phrygian mode is even darker than the minor key, aka Aeolian mode, because we take a minor key and flat the second. Or seen another way, we take a major key and flat the second, third, sixth, and seventh, because the minor key or Aeolian mode is basically the major key, just you flat the third, flat the sixth, and flat the seventh. But for the Phrygian, we're adding to the minor that it's also the second is flatted, which gives it an even darker sound than that natural minor, aka Aeolian mode. So let's take E Phrygian. All we do is take E minor and then flat the second. So E minor goes E, F sharp, G, A, B, C, D, E. And it's okay if you don't know these, right? That's, uh, memorizing what the notes are, like what I'm saying here, that, that part's not important so much as understanding how to do these things once you do know all the notes in your keys. So <clears throat> E minor, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C, D, E. And we said that for Phrygian, you would take the minor and then you flat the second. So instead of E, F sharp, it would be E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E. And then you have E Phrygian. So overall, to wrap this up, um, and I'm, I'm going to post a bonus podcast that's going to, um, I'm going to just do a little improvisation with modes 
to give you an idea of how they sound. Because I didn't want to make this podcast like an hour. Uh, I knew this was probably going to go a little long because it's pretty, there's a lot of material here. And and if your brain is melted, I would understand. There's a lot here. Uh, by the way, for what it's worth, I plan on making YouTube videos also off of this. Uh, I will probably do a YouTube video on each individual mode uh, to really break it down. The idea of this was to be a big overview. Uh, there's only so deep we can go. I'm, I'm trying to go a little deep so that it's, it's practical and useful still. Um, but if this is meant to be an overview, there will be YouTube videos on the channel, Songwriter Theory, same as the podcast. Um, so if you want to dive deeper, be sure to do that. Also, this is a good time for me to mention before we finish up here that if you are on the email list, I, I have a... It can be used as a desktop background if you don't have any icons on your desktop. Uh, so it's just a very large picture where I sort of drew up uh, the helpful way, at least to me, of, of thinking through modes. That if you just spend time looking at this, I made this my background for a while to really um, internalize the different modes and the different ways of thinking through the modes because uh, it really has sort of all three of the ways I just mentioned sort of combined into one in this one picture to give you an idea of like, again, how to think through modes, how to relate them to major and minor scales. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's going to be sent out after, I don't know how long after I'll probably wait a few days for people that are lagging as far as listening to the podcast. So if you haven't go get the, the music theory guide, songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide, all one word for the music theory guide. Uh, link in the description. Make sure you go get that. Uh, that will make sure that you're on the email list. If you've gotten any of my free guides, then you're you're on that list. So you will you will get this bonus material here. But if you're not, I can't send it to your email if I don't have your email. This should be obvious. I don't send spam. In fact, I haven't emailed as much as I should recently. Usually I like to give some bonus material uh, and, and, and maybe one email a week or whatever. Uh, I have not been good about that lately. I'm going to get get back to actually doing that um, to re reward you because I appreciate those of you who are willing to go even deeper with me and get you know these free guides that I'm offering. It's awesome. Um, so anyway, I need to go back to doing that. But this bonus thing will only be sent via email. So make sure you're on the list. I'll probably send out a couple days after this podcast comes out. Um, so you need to be on the list in order to get that. Um, and again, great way to get on there is that music theory guide if you haven't gotten already. Or either of the other two free guides. If for some reason, maybe you already know the music theory stuff. So now let's dive into this final section here. I find that the easiest and most helpful way to sort of think through modes overall is in that in terms of those shades of dark and light. Because, you know, we can talk about, you know, Phrygian kind of has like a Middle Eastern sort of Egyptian vibe to it. And that's true. And it sounds awesome. Um, but it is a little reductionist to, to call it just that. Like it doesn't necessarily have that sound. Um, I think a lot of Celtic music tends to be in Dorian, maybe not a lot, but the Dorian has, can have a Celtic vibe to it. But again, not always. Right. So that's a pretty you can think of it sort of in those terms with some of these. Uh, but I don't think it's overall that helpful because it's it's not 
precise. It's not super accurate. It is accurate, though, to see them in shades of light and darkness, which, again, is easy. Because, generally speaking, if you're sharpening something, you're making it lighter, and if you're flatting something, you're making it darker sounding. So, in order of brightness to darkness, you have the brightest mode of all is the Lydian mode, which is built, built off of the fourth scale degree. So, you know, again, let, let's take G major this time. If you take G major, if you want the Lydian mode that has the same notes as G major, you go to the fourth of your G major scale, which would be what? C, right? So if you if you play the G major notes with treating your tonic as the C, that would be the Lydian mode built off of the fourth scale degree. But again, the other way of thinking of it is you take your major key. So let's say you want G Lydian instead of C Lydian. So you want to go from G major to G Lydian. You take your G major scale and then you just sharp the fourth. So you go G, A, B, C sharp, right? Because you're sharpening the fourth. So that is the brightest of the modes. The second brightest is just the major scale, the major key, which is Ionian, which you probably already know, hopefully. And if not, again, go get, go get the free guide. So that's just your regular regular major scale. Then, if you want to go a little darker than the major key, but still is fundamentally a major scale or a major mode, go Mixolydian, which is built off of the fifth scale degree of major. So again, in other words, if you have G major and you want to have the notes of G major still and be able to have the G major key signature, but go to a Mixolydian mode, be built off of the fifth scale degree, which fifth scale degree is A, D. Because that's your fifth in the context of the key of G, right? G, A, B, C, D. So Mixolydian mode uh, tends to be used by a lot of rock songs. A, a great uh, hint that it's Mixolydian is if you go from a major one chord to a major seven chord, uh, which is not uncommon in rock by any stretch of the imagination because, well, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it just is. So that's where Mixolydian mode you'll see used a lot is in rock songs that are in a major key because it makes it a little less pure happy, but it's still major. And then the next uh, one shade darker would be a Dorian mode which you can see either as a major key with not only the, the seventh flatted, but also the third flatted. Or you can see it as slightly brighter than the natural minor scale because it's also minor, natural minor, with a sharp six. So as you can see, it's a little closer to the minor, right? Because it's, it's, it's the minor key with one note made sharper. So what, a, a hair brighter than the minor scale. Uh, but it's two notes darker, aka, you know, flattened, flat three and flat seven, than the major. So it's a little closer to the minor than the major, so overall it is a minor mode. But that's Dorian, minor with a sharp six, or major with a flatted seventh and third. And then you have Aeolian, which is the exact same as a natural minor scale which is just, again, the natural minor scale. Or if you need to go from major to it, it's 
just a flat th three, a flat six, and a flat seven. So notice as well, once we add a flat, it stays, right? So major, right? We, we went from major slash Ionian, one shade darker, we flatted the seventh for a Mixolydian. One shade darker, we went down to Dorian, the seventh stays flattened, and then we add a flatted third. The Aeolian, aka natural minor, we kept the flatted third and flatted seven, and then we added a flatted sixth. And then for Phrygian, which is one shade darker than your nat your natural minor scale, aka Aeolian mode, we keep that flat third, flat sixth, and flat seventh, and then we add a flat second. Or seen another way, we take the natural minor and then we add just a flatted second, which is the same as taking that major key and it was adding the flat second, flat third, flat sixth, and flat seventh. And I know these are a lot of terms. All of this is going to be, I'm literally reading this off of the picture that I told you I'm going to send you via email. So if you're like, what on earth? Don't worry about it. The main thing to take away here is sort of, sort of two parts. One, these are all shades of dark and light. There is one that's actually brighter than the major key. There's two that are darker than the minor key. And then there's two in between major and minor. So there's a bunch of different shades here is key takeaway number one. Key takeaway number two is all of these can be thought of as you make it either a shade darker by adding another flat or a shade brighter by adding a sharp. So Phrygian, again, minor with a flat two or major with flat two, flat three, flat six, flat seven. And then last is Locrian, which basically the entire music community has decided as of forever ago that uh, it's basically useless for what it's worth. Um, but it is the same as a minor scale with a flat second, like the Phrygian, but it also adds the flat fifth. Or... It's the major scale with flat second, flat third, flat fifth, flat sixth, flat seventh, which is borderline flat everything, um, which if it were flat, everything would then make it just a half step down, still major key, but alas. So Locrian, for what it's worth, basically useless. It's the only one that is, sometimes people say music theory is, oh, it's only academic knowledge, which is completely untrue. Um, the only people who would ever say that are people who don't actually know anything about music theory. It's totally untrue. And again, I'm a songwriter who who had who started songwriting before I knew and then learned and continues to learn. And I know where I am now and exactly the things I can do now that I couldn't do before, things that I'm much more efficient at now that I couldn't that I did much slower before because of the music theory I know. Um, so I, I never understand when people get pushed, but like nobody's ever learned music theory as a songwriter or a music composer and said, you know what? I don't really need to learn that. Nobody in human history has ever said that. Nobody has ever said that. Um, and yet people still fight it. But anyway, Locrian is an example. One very specific example of where perhaps there is some truth to like in that case, Locrian is really just academic because boy, it sounds it just doesn't sound good. Like you think, oh, it's even, it's two shades darker than minor. It's going to sound epic, right? It's going to sound super dark, but it ends up just sounding confused. Just, I, I don't know. It just sounds bad. Uh, there's whole YouTube videos out there of like really good music YouTubers trying to make Locrian actually sound good. And they actually find some success. But the initial joke is that like, it's just established that Locrian doesn't sound good. Um, so anyway, 
uh, of note as well. A great way to know if something is as far as modes. So there's so many different pieces here that all fit together that once you understand all of them at the same time, modes make sense. But until you fit all the pieces together, it's a little hard, which again, this picture is going to help you with um, because it also specifies the scale degree it's built off of. If you know in the key, in your major keys, what chords are um, diminished, which is only the seventh, minor and major, which by the way, if you go get the free guide on music, the free music theory guide, that teaches you that. Um, but if you don't know, the one, four, and five are major, the two, three, and six are minor, and the seventh are, the seventh is diminished. And the modes correlate with that in that all the quote-unquote major modes are built off of those major scale degrees where the, a major chord would take place. So Lydian is built off of the fourth, which is major. Ionian, or the same as the major, is built off of the one, which is, is major. The Mixolydian is built off of the fifth scale degree, which is still a major chord. Dorian, though, is built off of the second, which is a minor chord. Aeolian, built off of the sixth, same as natural minor. Phrygian is built off of the third, which is also minor. And then Locrian, ah, there's the answer, right? As to, wh as to why it probably sounds like crap. The Locrian is actually built off of, with the one chord of Locrian would essentially be a diminished chord, uh, which really gives insight to why it sounds crappy, because a, a perfect fifth is like the most stable interval, and both major and minor chords have that perfect fifth between the first and the fifth of their chord. Uh, but a diminished chord is actually a tritone instead. Um, so that's probably why it sounds terrible. All to say, I hope this was helpful to you. I know that this was a lot. Again, I my expectation is that you got some insight from this, some stuff you missed. Maybe it's worth listening to the podcast again after a week break or something like that. Uh, make sure you do grab the free guide on music theory guide, songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. I will send that picture that I think is super helpful. It certainly helped me really internalize mode information in one pretty straightforward picture with some words and stuff. Um, really, I kind of envision it, envision it like a poster, except instead of a poster is usually, uh, top to bottom. What am I trying to say? Poster is not usually in landscape mode. It's in, uh portrait rent mode. This is in landscape, but anyway, uh, sort of, so it can be a desktop background, right? Um, I will send that out, but again, you got to be on the email list for that. So if you haven't, be sure to grab that free guide at music theory at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. That way, A, you can not be confused by most of the words I said in this podcast. <laughs> um, and, and B, uh, so you can also get this picture uh, that sort of explains all the modes together. And again, these are all the modes off of the major key. There are technically modes off of things like the harmonic minor, but those are extraordinarily rarely used. And there's a good chance you, you could be a songwriter the rest of your life and never touch those and be fine. Um, which is actually probably true of these modes as well. I do think these modes though, at, allow you to go next level, especially if you're bored of just major and minor key and you want, a little more exotic of a sound or a little more different of a sound. Modes are a great place to start. Specifically, these modes we're talking about, which are off of the major key, major scale, major 
Well, you can't say major mode because that would be Ionian mode. So, again, I know this was a lot. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for caring enough about songwriting to be willing to learn uh, modes, which admittedly is uh, starting to get a little more uh, advanced. You know, it's a little bit more than just knowing what notes are in, you know, the key of C major and stuff like that. It's that next level, right? Because instead of two major minor, now we have seven. Um, But it's really super helpful. I find it helpful. I've had a lot of fun writing in major minor. Again, there will also be a bonus podcast uh, that is just to break it up because I don't want to make like a two hour podcast um, that will basically just be it, it will not be a traditional podcast. Um, it's meant to be go with this in that if right now you're like, OK, I get that like Phrygian is a shade darker than minor, whatever that means. Right. Like you can probably somewhat imagine what that means. Um, but I'm just going to do, do something where I'm like, okay, here's, here's Lydian. You hear how bright it is. Let's go a shade darker, do major shade darker, do mixed Lydian, stuff like that. Just do a little improvisation on the piano. Nothing, nothing fancy, just to give you a sort of an idea of the sounds of these modes. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Oh yeah. Last thing I said this already, but just to make sure again, also on, on the YouTube channel, I'm going to be going over the modes probably on an individual level. It might take a while to get through all of them. I don't want all of my videos for the next three months to just be on modes. Um, So there might be some broken up in there. Uh, But I do plan on eventually getting through every mode individually, really diving into each mode as well as some high level stuff like this as well. If you want more on modes, be sure to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will talk to you in the next episode.